looking this evening at 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Well, my subject for this evening's message is hearing God's call. Hearing God's call as Samuel heard God's call and came to know the Lord for the first time. Well, we read here that Samuel uh, ministered unto the Lord uh, before Eli. Sure you know about Samuel. Uh, he was brought up in the temple. Now he's a child, maybe 10 years old, 11, 12 years old, very young boy, a very young lad. But he spent most of his time uh, in the temple, ministering uh, to the Lord, doing the service of the temple, ministering to the old man, the high priest, uh, Eli. And you remember his beginning. He had a very unusual beginning because his mother uh, was childless. His mother uh, couldn't uh, bear children. And she prayed earnestly to the Lord for a child. And she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him back to you. I will give him back to you. And that's what happened. The Lord uh, heard her prayer the Lord heard her promise that she, she made, and the Lord blessed her with her baby son. And after she had weaned him, she brought him back to the temple, and there he was to spend uh, the rest of his uh, days serving uh, in the temple, or rather the, the tabernacle. The temple wasn't as yet built, but here we, it's read, we read it as the, the temple. And so he was a, a very special child in this way. And he was a very good boy, we could say, because he was very obedient, as you can see. Whenever Eli called him, he was up and he was running uh, to meet Eli. He was, he was good, especially in comparison with Eli's other sons. Eli's older sons, well, they were also priests, but they were terrible. They were wretched people. They were wicked people. You can read about it for yourself in chapter 2. And they dishonored the Lord. And they kicked at God's sacrifices. And because of Eli, the father, didn't discipline them, well, he was under judgment. And he, he was not hearing uh, things from God. And uh, 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 these things, this was the situation at that time. But into this environment came young Samuel. And he didn't allow these, the example that he was seeing in these elder boys to affect him. He saw it every day, maybe with his own eyes, what they were doing, yet he had the strength of mind not to follow their example, but to continue in the way that uh, he learned from Eli of doing good and of serving uh, the Lord. And we read here that he ministered unto the Lord. But then in verse 7, we also read that Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So there is this young, young lad, uh, and he's, he's so active, as, as you say, in church work, we may say, and doing some good work for the Lord uh, in opening the doors of the temple and making sure uh, that the lights, the lamps in the temple, uh, the tabernacle were lit, and so on. And uh, yet, he didn't know the Lord. Yet, he didn't personally, uh, wasn't personally acquainted with him. And friends, that's a lesson for us here. 
because uh, we may be those also who in some sense are ministering uh, to the Lord and doing something for Him. We may be those who are regular in the house of God and are often singing the hymns and we are often uh, hearing the Word, but still the message hasn't come through to us. Still we don't know the Lord in a personal way. We may be like this. We may be sincere. We're not doubting your sincerity, but it may be that the, uh, you haven't as yet come to know uh, Christ. Samuel ministered to the Lord, but it was only in a vague, a vague way. He only saw the Lord dimly. He didn't really know Him personally for Himself. And it may be the same for some of us. Maybe we sing the hymns, we're familiar with the hymns, the tune is catchy, but maybe the words haven't gripped us and the words haven't uh, a meaning for us. We, like, we hear the, the messages that are preached, maybe we like the stories or the moral suggestions and advice that is given in, uh, in, these, in the sermons, but we haven't gripped the need to be born again, that I must be converted to God, that it's not just a moral life that I'm to live, but I need a real a thorough, radical change and conversion in me. And I hasn't, haven't grasped that yet, though I like to hear the messages. So we want to be those who really personally know the Lord. Well, in verse 2, in verse 1 and 2 and 3, in fact, as well, we're given a picture of what life was like at that time. What was the environment like in which Samuel was called by the Lord? Well, we, we read in verse 2, it came to pass at that time. At that time. Well, at that time, back to verse 1, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Now, that word precious means rare. It means something that was, was, wasn't, wasn't easy to find. It was something that was rare, something that... Uh, the Lord didn't, wasn't speaking as often, and it says there was no open vision. There was no public declaration, no public prophecy uh, from the Lord. No, thus saith the Lord, so-and-so, as has happened in the past. That was missing. And it was a rare thing to hear a message from God, because Israel is under judgment, and uh, 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 Eli and his family are under judgment, and it's as if God is silent. One of the greatest judgments, one of the most terrible judgments that could happen to us or happen to our world is if God stops talking to us, if God keeps silent. Well, he wasn't completely silent, thankfully, in this time. It was rare. And here and there he spoke. Here and there he communicated a message. To individuals, he was communicating uh, his message. But uh, it was such a time, it was hard to say, to find out what is the Lord saying. And in the same way, uh, also we see in verse, uh, verse 2, Eli, the high priest, the man who should be, the, who was the religious leader of the time, well, he, uh, his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Now, of course, he was at this time a very aged man, and that could be a very, that is a very natural explanation why he couldn't see. He was losing sight, but also there's a spiritual meaning there, that spiritually he wasn't seeing things as he ought to have done. He didn't have the spiritual vision and the message 
to give to the people as the high priest uh, should have done. And we read that the light of the lampstand in the tabernacle was on the way out, almost uh, out there in verse uh, 3. And that also we could think of it in a, a spiritual way. The things of God were held on to just, were held on to by just a very few. That light, that spiritual light, that spiritual knowledge about God and the way of salvation. Well, at that time, it was just flickering. Instead of burning like a flame, as it should have been with all that God's blessings that He had given to Israel, it was just flickering. And things spiritually, we could say, were in a bad way with the nation. And just a few here and there, a minority uh, who were believing. But it was in such a spiritually dire time that the Lord called Samuel. And that we read at the end, that verse 4, uh, that the Lord called Samuel uh, at that time. And friends, look around you. When you look around at our nation, oh, can we not say it's somewhat similar to this situation? There is a spiritual dearth of hearing the Word of God. How little we hear uh, the Gospel, how little we seem to hear, it's not completely gone out. There are still churches here and there which are preaching the true gospel and calling us uh, to repentance and faith in the Lord. But how few, uh, so many churches, so few people. The majority, it seems, are not interested in spiritual things. The majority do not go after God. The majority are too busy with other things to think about the Lord pursuing only earthly things and have little interest to seek the Lord. But yet, even in such an environment, God is still calling people. God is still calling souls. God is still calling individual people to come to Him and to believe in Him. That shouldn't put us off. Just because the majority of people are not going to church or are not responding to God and I have, have no faith in Him, that mustn't put your friends from coming to Christ and believing in Him. In such a situation, Samuel was called and Samuel responded uh, to the Lord, uh, Lord's call. And so it was, friends, here in the middle of the night, uh, just before the morning broke, probably, uh, while Samuel was still asleep, that the Lord called him for the first time, called him by his name, Samuel, and he answered, here am I. But he thought Eli, the high priest, was calling him. And so he ran to Eli. Here I am, you call me. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Go back to bed. And so he went back to bed. And then the Lord called Samuel again. Samuel. Again he got up. And he ran uh, to Eli. Here I am, you, you call me. He said, no, I didn't call you again. And the scenario, as you, we've read, was repeated a third time. And it was only at the, uh, the third time that Eli, it began to dawn on Eli what was happening. That it was actually the Lord who was calling uh, him, uh, calling Samuel. And so he instructed him, uh, young lad, son, next time you hear that voice, this is how you, you should answer it. Say, speak, Lord, for thy servant uh, heareth. And that's what he will do. Uh, that's what he did 
on the fourth, the fourth time. But before we come to that, let me just say, friends, a few things about this call that Samuel experienced, because it's very similar to the way the Lord calls us to himself. Firstly, it's a totally unexpected call. Samuel expected to hear Eli calling him. Probably it happened many times before. He was an old man. He had needs. He needed help, maybe in the middle of the night. And maybe he'd often, on previous occasions, called out to Samuel, 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 and, and Samuel had run to aid him. So, but he never expected a call from the Lord. He never expected a call from heaven. It's the same for us. Friends, Christ is calling us, calling you to come to Him. Christ is calling you to believe in Him, to receive Him into your heart and life, to be done with your sins and follow Him. Christ calls you, come unto me. So many comes in the Bible. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Come to me for forgiveness. Come to me, I'll change your life. Come to me, I will give you eternal life. Only he could say that as the, as, as the Lord God, the Son of God. Did you ever expect him to call you? Did you ever expect such a gracious call from heaven to you? None of us did, friends. Are you expecting an invitation to King Charles's coronation? Maybe. <laughs> I doubt it. Of course, of course not, you will say. But what if you did? What if you did get an invitation uh, from, from Charles? Wouldn't it take you by surprise? Wouldn't you feel immensely privileged that he had called you to his coronation and bypassed so many people? You of all people, me of all people, of course we would feel privileged. Oh friends, how much, uh, how, how privileged we should feel if we get a call from Christ, that he would bypass in a sense so many others to speak to us and to call us to himself, the God of all the earth, the God who has created and make it, made all things, our creator, our maker, the God over all, the savior of, of sinners, that he should set his eye upon me and call me. Oh, I should feel immensely privileged at this and surprised uh, as well, we could say this unexpected call. It's also a gracious call, is it not? Totally undeserved. Oh yes, Samuel was a good boy. Samuel was an obedient boy. He was a helpful boy. He was diligent in his work in the tabernacle. But that wouldn't have been enough for him to merit such a call from on high. And he knew that. He would have had, uh, he wouldn't have expected God to bless him because he was so good. He, didn't, he knew he didn't deserve such a high calling when it came. Neither do we, friends. Neither do we. There's nothing that we can do to meet God's, to merit God's favor and his blessing and his attention. It's, I've done, I cannot say I've done this and this and this, Lord, so you must reward me. You must pay, uh, pay me for what I've done for you, the service I've done for you. The opposite is true. My sins have so offended a holy God and have so uh, that he, he uh, uh, I have chosen rather to have no dealings with him. 
I've chosen to have no uh, contact with him. And he could quite rightly uh, re re respond in the same way to me. I have offended him by my sins. And it would be right and just for him to just punish me and, and say, I'm having nothing at all to do with you. If I speak evil of you, if I this week, you know, see you in the street and make fun of you publicly, and if I call you names when you're walking down the street, all sorts of names that hurt you and are, are terrible things, if I slash the tires on your car when you're not looking, I throw bricks at your win the windows of your house and cause you much grief and pain, or can I expect that you will invite me for dinner, a three-course meal at your house the following week? Of course not. You'd want nothing to do with me because I've treated you in such a terrible way. I deserve no such things. Oh, friends, how badly we have treated God. How, how badly we have treated the Lord with contempt, with disregard, with rebellion, with disrespect. Don't care about him. Who is the Lord to tell me what to do? So often people think like that and speak like that, sometimes so brazenly. No respect for their maker, the one who treats them, who has made them. And yet, still, this God who has been offended is the one who graciously again and again calls out to us to come to him and he will forgive us and he will pardon us, and he will change us, and he will forget all the, the contempt and all the rebellion that you have, you have done against him. He will forget it and put it entirely behind his back and will never bring it up again. This is the God of great grace. Grace, friends, we don't deserve it. This is salvation, an undeserved blessing from God, not, not anything earned by our merits or our works. But then also, uh, it's a disturbing call, isn't it? Samuel was fast asleep, and the Lord disturbed his sleep. The Lord woke him up, disrupted his sleep. Oh, he could have let him uh, spoken to him during the day, but he spoke to him at night, and he it, it was disrupting to him, we could say. We need, we need to be shaken, perhaps. Perhaps we're still in the world. Perhaps this is our lot even here that we're still so caught up with earthly, temporal things, that we have no spiritual interest, that we have no sense of our spiritual need. And sometimes what the Lord does is He comes and He disrupts our lives to awaken us. We're fast asleep in the world and the things of time, and that alone occupies us, asleep in these things. And God has to sometimes come and shake us, Shake us to wake up, wake up. You're in trouble, you're in need. You're in desperate need, you're in desperate trouble. You're lost, you're perishing. You're on your way to hell. Wake up, now's not the time to be sleeping. Maybe we don't, don't want to listen. He has to then speak in a, in a more uh, difficult way, a more troubling way. And sometimes he may send troubles and problems into our lives, and difficulties into our lives to make us awake, to make us realize our need of Him. And we are placed in situations beyond our control. Oh, we often think, well, I can handle these problems, the problems of life by myself. 
But it's only when we're brought into a real corner and realize I haven't got anything in me. And my life is at my wit's end, perhaps. And all these things have happened. Maybe a, 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 a loved one is seriously ill, or I myself am thrust into such a situation, or some great loss may happen in my life, and the situation is out of control. And then I'm brought to cry to God, whereas before I never did. I never did. Well, these are some of God's ways that He has to use if we don't come to Him with that first time He comes gently and speaks to us. He may have to rough up our way, but it's only friends with a, de with a design to bring us to, our, to Himself, to get our attention. Oh, then we could also say it's a repeated call, isn't it? Four times the Lord called Samuel before He responded in the right way. He at first he couldn't discern the Lord's voice. He thought Eli was calling him. He had to hear it again and again. Oh, friends, how often uh, we, the Lord speaks to us. Sermon after sermon after sermon. It's the Lord who's calling us to himself. But we haven't realized. We think it's just the man who's preaching to us. We think it's just the preacher. And he's giving us his own ideas and his own opinions. And he's giving us his own views and talking about the problems and how he thinks it should be solved. But it's just a man's view. It's just a man who's putting these things. And we haven't realized that behind the man is the Lord who is calling you to himself. And it comes again and again until one day that it dawns upon you. Oh, it's God speaking to me. This is the Lord's word. And we discern his voice. And we go beyond the preacher and we realize it's Him who has called us. And we begin to discern uh, God's voice uh, in the right way. How will I know? How will I know the Lord's voice? Well, when I begin to understand the gospel message. How can I tell I'm discerning the Lord's voice, that He's speaking to me? When I begin to understand what the Bible is saying. When it begins to make sense to me. Before maybe I heard it and read it again and again. And it was all quite difficult and complex. But suddenly I see it. I begin to see it. I begin to see the way of salvation. I begin to see who Christ is. That He is unique above every other person. That there is no one like Him. And no one who can do uh, things for individuals like He can. He is the only one who can give eternal life. He is the only one who said, Believe on Me and I will save you and change you and make you a better person and take you to heaven. Oh, when we begin to understand who He is, that He is the Son of God, not just an ordinary man who came from heaven to give His life on Calvary's cross for sinners. And we understand the cross, that there the Lord Jesus was uh, taking away, taking upon Himself the punishment of all those who will trust in Him. We understand it. And say, oh, now I see it. That's the Lord helping you to discern His voice. Oh, I know the Lord is speaking to me when I realize that the Bible is true. When I realize that it is the Word of God. I don't know how, but I feel now that I feel persuaded that this book from cover to cover is true and right altogether. And I can depend upon it. That is something that, that God has done in me. Friends, I know that the Lord is speaking 
when the message comes to me in a personal way, when it's not just given in a general way, but I feel, oh, this is for me. This is for, for, for my soul. This is for my salvation. I am a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. I deserve to be eternally punished. But there is a Savior. I must make Him my Savior. I must believe in Him for myself. I must look to Him who died on the cross. I trust in Him. I trust in Him who died for sinners. And I, the, the Word of God says, if I trust in Him, He will save me. And I must do that. We begin to apply it to ourselves in this personal way, then we can be somewhat sure that the Lord is speaking uh, to us. Well, how should we respond then when He does call, when He calls us to Himself uh, with this unexpected, undeserved call? Well, like Samuel, uh, He said, Speak, Lord, for Thy servant heareth. Those are the words Eli taught him to say. This is how to respond the next time. And that's what he did. And put, may I teach you how to respond when the Lord calls you? May I put words into your mouth as well, like Eli did to Samuel? Say something along these lines, friends. Lord, I've not listened uh, as I ought to have done. Lord, in the past, I found fault with your word. I've doubted it. I've quibbled over it. I've sat maybe in judgment over it. But no more, Lord. I'm not going to do these things. Now I'm willing to listen. Now I'm willing to receive all that you say. Now I'll not argue with what you say to me anymore. I'm willing to listen and you tell me I must come as a beggar to you. I will come in that way, Lord. You, must, you tell me it's all of grace. I will plead nothing of my own merits before you. You tell me to repent. Lord, I will repent before you. You tell me I need a new heart and conversion, a new beginning. Lord, grant me these things. Lord, bless me in this way. Hear my prayer. Pray like that, friends, and the Lord will hear you. Look at these words. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Sir, it's a, a new kind of relationship there, isn't it? Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. He puts himself in the place of a servant and he addresses the Lord Christ as his Lord. And this is what we must do. If we would have salvation, it's not only forgiveness, we need that. But we must also say to, uh, say to Christ, I'm no longer going to live life for myself my own way. I'm not going to hold on to life for me. Lord, I give my life to you. You are now my Lord. Before I was the Lord. I dictated. I said this. I went wherever I went. But now, from now on, I'm going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is your will for my life? I am your servant. That's the kind of relationship that must exist between you and Christ if you would truly have him. We cannot have him only for forgiveness. He will also and must be our Lord. We yield our lives over to him. Oh, friends, as I close, the Lord is calling still. Even in these dire days that we're living spiritually, 
The Lord's voice is still being heard. Follow me, come unto me, believe in me, look unto me, and be ye saved. What is your response? What is your response, friend? Don't disturb me. Don't trouble me. Let me live my life comfortably here. Stop calling me, maybe even people say. My friends, don't do that. Otherwise the Lord may take you at your word. He may stop calling you altogether. Or perhaps you say, not now, Lord. When I'm older, when I've reached a certain point in my life, I've already decided that that point in my life, maybe when I, I retire or maybe when I've accomplished this in my life, then I'll have more time, then I'll have more energy maybe to give to you. No, friends, be like Samuel. Now, Samuel was a young, young, young lad, as you said. He didn't think he was going to be wasting his life by giving it to the Lord. And the Lord called him. He responded immediately. And what a fruitful life he had. What a profitable life, that young man. He grew up to be a man of God, a servant in Israel, a servant of God, a vessel through whom God spoke. So much good came through his life. And when the Lord changes us, when we respond to his call, oh, he makes us better people. He makes uh, you be a, a, a blessing to other people. You'll be a blessing in your, in your home, in your family. You'll be a blessing in, in your workplace. You'll be a blessing in the community where he has put you. This is what the Lord does uh, to people. Young people come to him. Age is no barrier. Oh, how we wish and pray that our young people, the youth, may give themselves over to him. But wherever you are, friends, if you haven't come to him before, or you haven't truly come to him before, come now. Now come now, respond to him. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, but come and believe in him. Let's pray. O oh Lord, we thank Thee again for Thy gracious and mighty call. Come and work effectually in our hearts. Come and make that call effectual and efficacious in each one of us that we may respond. Make us willing to come, Lord. Make us desirous to come. Make us see our need to come and grant that we may come and find all these things that Thou hast promised us, a forgiveness and life, spiritual life from Thee, an eternal home in heaven to be our portion. O oh Lord, bless us, each one in this place. We ask in our Saviour's name. Amen. We sing our final hymn, number 355. Come ye sinners, poor and needy. 355.